across South Africa, online and on radio. SAFM, let's talk. 20 minutes now to 7 the time. Good to hear from you this morning on 086-000-2032. I don't know what you make of what the president said over the weekend. He said we should stop bad-mouthing our country. We should be more like the Chinese, that we need to be uh, patriotic. He said some of the criticism was lopsided. I don't know if you have a view on that this morning. Um, The organization Open Secrets says it now is evidence of a squad of soldiers in the SANDF who've been involved and capturing people, I suppose kidnapping people really, and at least one case, torturing someone and killing them. Earlier this year, Open Secret said it had evidence that a Hawks investigator, Franz Matipa, had been killed by someone who could only have been a military sharpshooter while driving to a meeting with an informant. He had been investigating the kidnapping of an Ethiopian national, allegedly by SNDF soldiers, from the Mall of Africa. Now it appears, if I've understood this correctly, that the person in charge of that squad was also involved in the capture of a man accused of stealing R4 rifles from the military. Henny van Furen is the director at Open Secrets. Henny, good morning. Stephen, good morning to you. Good morning to the listeners. So, remember the story around France Matipa, Hawks officer killed while investigating the squad within the SANDF. You now have information about the theft of R4 rifles. Officials said these rifles must be recovered after they were stolen. What happened after that? Yeah, indeed, Stephen. According to our sources that we have, and these are sources, at least one of whom was present when some of these crimes took place and others who who were able to confirm the details and um, knew of them at the time. The minister at that time of defence, Minister Noziviwe Mapisa Nkakula, had um, apparently, we haven't been able to confirm this, said that those missing rifles, the rifles that were stolen, was reported in the media, must be recovered by any means necessary. This is late 2019. And what our investigation has focused on, and based on the accounts from a range of sources, was the attempts by the military, and we should say the military then going into civilian territory to recover the stolen rifles. It appears that um, two members of the military who had been charged in court were possibly sold the rifles or handed them on to other individuals um, possibly involved in crime and and, 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 and other um, other primarily involved in crime, and the military went out on the prowl, basically, to go and find those individuals who had procured those weapons. And so it was a process of locating, of identifying those individuals, um, and in one instance, as you point out, at least, of abducting um, somebody, kidnapping somebody, bringing them back to the Tabatwane military base, and according to the sources, um, torturing them in the military police bar um, to the point that they finally passed away. This is the person known as Pamandla, according to your account. So he was then tortured in this bar. I mean, a bar, I presume, a place where they serve alcohol. And after that, he died. That's correct. So Pamandla was picked up. And, and from according to our sources, um, the special forces headed out of Tabatwane military base in a convoy. There were about 10 vehicles. There were a couple of uh, two military police officers, uh, possibly one or two defense intelligence um, officials. They were assisted, according to sources, again, by military intelligence or defense intelligence, rather, that was directing them using surveillance technology to where um, Spamandla was. They found him eventually on the East Rand in Hampton Park, sitting in a McDonald's late at night, uh, possibly at 10 or 11 o'clock at night. He was then kidnapped, uh, abducted from that uh, McDonald's, driven in this convoy back to Tabatswane military base. And as you say, driven to a military bar where he was tied to a chair. 
and uh, the interrogators, and from what we understand, there were a group of them, but led by, by a man by the name of uh, uh, Colonel Penny Sunnyboy Wambi um, and a Lieutenant Colonel Doris Nechenze led uh, the brutal beating of this man called Spamandla. His body apparently eventually took on a green hue in the manner in which he was tortured. He denied knowing where the weapons were and he wasn't able to assist them. Um, and eventually at about 3 a.m. he could no longer see. He was placed in the backseat of a car, offered water. Spamandla said he'd like a beer. He took one sip from a hansa and according to the sources, at that point he died. And uh, apparently what Wambi and the special forces, it's important to mention that Wambi is, uh, is important because he's a member of the special forces unit, said that they would take his body and he would be buried at Speskop, which is a few kilometers away from Tabatswane, and it is the headquarters of special forces uh, in Gauteng. Sure. Um, has there been any response uh, from the SANDF, from the ministers, from any of the people about this? I mean, I presume before you published this this morning, you got in touch with them. We gave, we, beg, we certainly gave, uh, we gave a whole range of different officials, everybody that we had named in the article, uh, uh, including uh, primarily the SANDF itself, an opportunity to respond. We have not heard one, one, you know, one word of response from them, Stephen. And, and you know, I think uh, this is very telling. I think the silence that we've seen around the story, if you like, and it is an unfolding story, and it's a story that has is linked, we believe, to the murder of Franz Matipa, um, is one that has only been met with by silence by the Minister of Defence, by the Minister of Police, and by the President and the Chief of the SANDF. And these are very, very serious crimes that we are talking about. I think what we are suggesting is the more we dig at the story, the more we are able to expose with the work of whistleblowers. These are brave public servants primarily who are willing to, to, to speak out. They paint a picture of criminality within the SANDF um, that certainly seems to have the protection of possibly pot top politicians and and the top brass in the military certainly their silence suggests that they are protecting these individuals um and uh, and we are you know we make the argument that in in any military anywhere in the world when people start if you like to taste blood and that blood is of mm. civilians and others they continue with that practice these aren't one-off events this is a a message to all politicians to to the media to everybody in this country there's a problem within our military and we aren't doing something to address it to arrest it and to hold those to account for their crimes and it's time that we started to name those there's supposed to be an investigation um by a person called a defense intelligence brigadier general john moorehouse what happened to that so we've learned of a of an investigation, as you say, by an internal investigation. Whistleblowers within the military had apparently spoken out about widespread corruption, not only linked to this particular incident, but uh, possibly to torture, but more broadly to PPE corruption during COVID, um, all manner of abuse. And and that information was brought to the attention of the head of um, uh, of military police, uh, uh, Real, Rear Admiral Maporto. Nothing was done about it, eventually following uh, repeated complaints, including to the chief of the SANDF, a board of inquiry. So the military really acts like a closed shop. 
They appointed an internal board of inquiry re uh, led by Brigadier Moorhouse, which sat and heard what we believe informa is information from dozens of witnesses. Um, and we believe that that report was then handed to the chief of the SANDF, at least possibly the minister as well, um, some, some six months ago, and has been gathering dust since then. And we're asking the question, why is this Moorhouse uh, uh, Board of Inquiry report not been made public? Could it help shine a light on widespread spread abuse within the military? Uh, and um, I think we, you know, as the public have every right to know what's within that report and what the chief of the SANDF and the minister plan to do uh, with its contents to hold uh, those named and implicated to account. Henny, thank you very much indeed. Henny van Furen is the director of Open Secrets. Uh, we are, of course, trying to get in touch with the SANDF this morning uh, to hear from them and to give them a right of reply to the claims made by Open Secrets this morning.